New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Choice, Diego, lousy. Does this look like Philadelphia here? By the way, uh, this is the family edition uh, of the Sliwa household for uh, everybody who couldn't break away, who maybe is not going to be with family or friends or has none any longer, who are shut-ins or are staying at home or in their car. And you should know you have your extended family here at WABC. It's all live and local programming. With our owner-operator leading the way, John Katsimatidis, who started at 6 with Dominic Carter. And then I and my gorgeous wife, Nancy, animal rescuer. We're going to pick up the rest of the way with a live talk program, which is almost unheard of on Thanksgivings, to uh, 12. Then it'll be Bill O'Reilly, uh, 12 to 12.15. And then you know it's my 45 minutes of a rip and read and commentary all live here on the number one news talk station, WABC. And Nancy um, is the 96th Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade today. And uh, you had a job opportunity to uh, look at some of the floats and look at some of the um, the balloons that were being uh, pumped up yesterday outside of the Museum of Natural History. Sort of for our many listeners who either couldn't go there or wouldn't go there, what was it like uh, in advance of the parade today? Uh, well, they had on uh, Central Park West, it lined up all of the different floats. So, uh, you know, very colorful, uh, definitely themed toward Christmas. So Christmas trees and little gingerbread houses and then uh, encircling the museum, that's where they had the balloons being blown up at the nighttime. So all around the museum, there was uh, blocks full of balloons, and they were on the side streets as well. That's right, and it was uh, back to somewhat the normalcy that had uh, totally been obliterated with the lockdown and the pandemic of March of 2020 when they they would uh, have the parade years later, but it was limited. People had a limited access to see the balloons being blown up by the volunteers and others from Macy's Herald. They put uh, their whole heart and soul into it. These are people who will uh, work at this parade for a full year. So starting tomorrow, they'll start all over again. They've got everything warehoused over in New Jersey. Uh, They go through their practice uh, uh, marching. Uh, Earlier this morning when I did uh, the radio uh, hit with uh, John Katsimatidis and Dominic Carter, I was uh, on 86th Street, Mm -hmm. the entrance, to where a lot of the bands were coming. The bands were coming in on academy buses. 
Uh, I had a chance to speak to some of them who were here from uh, Iowa and Indiana. This is like their dream come true. You know, for us, we're so used to being on uh, being on the streets in New York City or dealing with all the problems that we have there. For them, they, they were all wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. They're getting off of the academy buses. They're starting to line up, you know, a march in cadence, you know, to their location at the start of the parade uh, between 86th Street and the uh, uh, Museum of Natural History. And they were like, this is this is like, um, what do we say, um, hmm. That girl, remember Marlo Thomas, uh, that uh, TV series? That girl, she's in New York. It's been her dream come true. Now, for the rest of us, it's like, hey, maybe it's time for us to leave New York. It's not in good shape. But for these folks, it actually made me feel like, wow, it's really a big deal for them. Yeah, I mean, if you stay right around the museum, New York City is great. <laughs> <laughs> and all the cops were out working uh, platinum time. I mean, we're not talking double time, platinum time. So they were loving it. Uh, but we're going to open up our phone lines because this is about all of you. It's your turn to be heard here. I know that some of you, you're at home. Some of you can't be with your family and friends. Some of you don't have family and friends any longer. Some of you are what has been referred to in the past as shut-ins. These are the kind of holidays uh, that traumatize some. Yeah, and this is, and Curtis is basically my only friend at this point, so that's why I'm here with him. Well, ever since you married me, you lost all your friends. They said, <laughs> what, are, what are you, out of your freaking mind? I, Ma- got, I got one. Marrying that vigilante? <laughs> what are you, out of your mind? But anyway, the point being is we know that for a lot of you, uh, this is a day, Thanksgiving and Christmas, that a lot of people get very, very depressed because they either remember the old times or they're without good times. They see other people with family and friends. They see pictures of all these um, uh, happy people at the parade. And I might add, almost nobody who lives in the city of New York goes to the parade. Almost nobody. No, it was definitely a lot of tourists, and the volume of people, um, you know, there last night and lined up on the streets today, it's it's drastically, you know, been cut, and it's a nice day today, so I'm surprised there's not more people out there. Oh, it's a beautiful day, no wind, that's the key thing, because every time the threat of wind means that if they are going to carry the balloons uh, through Central Park West and then down a Broadway past Macy's and then make the turn, uh, that they have to scale it back or they have to pull the balloons down low, especially SpongeBob SquarePants, who's the biggest balloon. Yeah, in. but that's the exciting part. That's like why you watch the hockey game for the fight. Like you watch the parade for the runaway balloon. <laughs> <laughs> to crash into a light pole stanchion and go pop. Or, or to see that uh, some of the volunteers are struggling to keep that balloon in place. No, you're absolutely right about that. But it it is something really for the rest of the country. I don't know. It's sort of like when they drop the ball in Times Square. It's very difficult to find people from the five boroughs down, waiting hours at end, putting on the depends, blowing those horns, being stuck in cattle, cattle pens, you know, until the ball actually drops, welcoming in the new year. And you find out that almost nobody who ever stands around waiting for the ball to drop is from New York. They're either from Montreal or Mexico City. They've planned their whole life around coming to New York for the start of the new year. Likewise, so many people plan their outings to New York City 
around Thanksgiving. They bring their family and friends. Maybe they take in a Broadway, off-Broadway show. They go shopping. Uh, but really, they're here for the parade. But it's it's a really nice <clears throat> it's a nice time too because unlike the like when December starts and it gets really busy. There's um, like a quietness to the city during Thanksgiving. It seems like a lot of people maybe go away. So if you come to New York City, you can enjoy things without the crowd. So it's actually great during this time. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Diego, I'm going to give you a second opportunity to get a much better Elton John song. Because something very special occurred here last night, completely unexpected. You couldn't find it on the AP log. You couldn't find it on any of the news outlets uh, who were giving you news. There was nobody blogging it. There was nobody texting it. There was nobody giving you a heads up. Our Cracker Jack WABC news team was asleep at the wheel as everybody else was because they had no idea. No idea whatsoever. So, Diego, what have you picked uh, so that I can uh, trash it? I knew I should have picked an Elton John song. Come in with that, please. Much better, much better. So there he was with his, um, I think it was like suede shirt, bell-bottom pants, marshmallow shoes. It was on Fifth Avenue, 7 o'clock last night. They had just lit up the windows of Saks Fifth Avenue for the start of the Christmas season, lit it up like a Christmas tree. So the crowds were there. And who shows up in the middle of Fifth Avenue, which they've closed for the duration of the holiday? Who's that? For pedestrian traffic only. If you're on four wheels, tough noogies. If you're on a motorcycle, an e-bike, tough noogies. If you're on an ATV or a quad, tough noogies. Can't come down Fifth Avenue. But who came down on Fifth Avenue? Elton John. Whoa. This was incredible, because normally you, you can't keep things like this. Hush, hush, mush, mush. So imagine he had just finished a three-night run at Dodger Stadium, which is in Chavez Ravine. That was to have been the last of his performances for his farewell tour, 75. He's hanging up uh, his uh, marshmallow shoes, his, uh, his various garbs. His fedoras. That's it. It's over. And remember, this was a situation uh, in which at Dodger Stadium, two people had been savagely beaten up outside, really savagely beaten up, indicating crime is everywhere. Can't even have a good time at an Elton John farewell North American tour concert. So what happens? All of a sudden, he's on stage in Fifth Avenue. And he's playing a baby grand piano in the middle of Fifth Avenue and singing one final, final, final Elton John song, which now becomes the official last performance in the United States. Uh, the traffic was stopped. Everybody was surprised. They thought that maybe it was like, you know, you have Elvis imitators. They figured maybe it was, a, it was an Elton John imitator. And the place went crazy, absolutely out of their mind. They had no idea, no idea that this would be the culmination of his uh, career and the end of a 271-show stretch in which he said it was the last time around for him 
going over all over the world. Uh, Saks Fifth Avenue, in order to lure him to Fifth Avenue, donated a million dollars to the Elton John's Aid Foundation. And uh, what a send-off on the farewell Yellow Brick Road tour. What did he sing? Uh, I'm not quite sure, because obviously I wasn't there. Okay. Uh, I'm just based on uh, what people oh. were, were telling me took place. But uh, I think it was one song, maybe one song only. I don't know. It was on 50 and 49th Street outside of Saks. But it was none of the songs we've heard so far. I'm not sure. Okay. Maybe people were out there. Maybe people were working in the area. Maybe people uh, realized what an okay. incredible situation it was. So give us a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Isn't it nice to be able to say nobody got mugged outside of Bergdorf Goodman, which occurred a few days ago, a paraplegic, a guy, no arms, no legs, in a, in a wheelchair. He's been there. He asked for donations to survive. Nicest guy in the world. I've seen him there many times. A guy came up to him at night point and said, I'll kill you. Give me all your money. I'll slit your throat. Nobody did anything. No cops. Is that the New York City brand that Adams talks about? Yeah, that's the New York City brand. Then, as you know, there was a drive-by shooting uh, not long ago outside of St. Patrick's Cathedral, right after I finished one of my The Other Side of Midnight extravaganzas to 6 in the morning. And then they had a shootout over a um, three-card Monte game underneath the scaffolds across the street from St. Patrick's Cathedral, 5 o'clock on a Sunday. And the guys were going back and forth shooting at one another. I can't believe that's the best place to play that game in New York City. You would think it wouldn't be. But nowadays, almost anything goes, the lawlessness. Uh, But at least for one night, one night only along Fifth Avenue, we hope many more nights to come. Peace, tranquility. Everybody was really feeling good. All these people, let's face it, had spent a lot of time and energy to plan their trips to New York City. A lot of them were checking into hotels. There are 52 of them that are packed now with homeless people and illegal aliens. They had no idea that when they were checking in and paying like $800 a night, Right down, right. The next, uh, the next door to them is Diego here, our board operator, <laughs> an illegal alien from Venezuela. You mean when you call up to make the reservation, it's a surprise? Total surprise. You have no <laughs> idea. You go on the website, eight hundred and forty-eight dollars. Some of these Ooh. hotels that were housing illegal aliens or homeless. There are fifty-two of them. Yeah, many of them in Manhattan. So they're gouging. And they never tell you that, oh, by the way, we have some illegal aliens here. You know, we have some homeless people here. Can you imagine the shock of some of those tourists? So you're kind of like rolling the dice when you choose your your place to stay. Right. Well, imagine you're walking down the hallway to fill up your ice bucket, (laughs) see if the vending machines are working. And there's a guy smoking crack and shooting up there right in the hallway. And you say... How the hell did he get in? I got a key, pal. I'm a tenant here. It actually probably has more rights than you. Exactly. Far more rights. <laughs> our number is 1-800-848-9222. This is uh, Thanksgiving. Tom Turkey. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Extravaganza with uh, yours truly and Nancy. We're going to take you to the 12 noon hour because we know on a day like this, a lot of you are just by yourself. No family, no friends, but just memories. And we want to connect you with the here and now because if you don't have family or friends, your biggest family member, your biggest friend are all of us at WABC who do live and local programming 
on every holiday. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. See, this is Philadelphia, Diego, the Philadelphia Sound, the intruders, right? And we'll talk about it momentarily, but Philadelphia used to have a Thanksgiving Day parade. I watched on TV when I was over at my Aunt Mary's uh, with Uncle Steve and Cousin Butchie and Cousin Jeannie and Joey G, the cheats from Howard Beach and the extended Italian family on my mother's side in Howard Beach, old Howard Beach. But they naturally would have the main parade, Macy's, Herald Square. That was the middle parade. And then the last parade was out in Detroit, downtown Detroit. The Dayton uh, Dayton uh, store would sponsor it, not as large as Macy's, which is the largest uh, retail establishment in America. But Dayton would sponsor that. I forget which um, uh, retail store would sponsor the Thanksgiving Day Parade in Philadelphia. But now I think we only have one. That's Macy's Herald. That's it. There's no parades, trust me, in downtown Detroit. You could roll the sagebrush through through the cast card. And if they did have a parade in Philadelphia, eh, probably all the characters uh, would be deflated, the balloons, because of the drive-by shootings. You know, they'd be caught in the crossfire. But it's also a day, Nancy, that no matter what problems you've had, and let's face it, we've all had problems in our life, some more so than others. We heard Larry Kudlow uh, right before uh, John Katzmatidis and uh, Dominic Carter signed off at 10 talk about how he was going to an AA meeting today because he got to stay sober. I mean, there's the guy. Let me tell you something. Not only was he a lush Guy was mainlining. I mean, he was doing the needles. And just to think, years later, he's sitting in the White House for President Trump, and he's his economic advisor and czar. So he had to come back from a long, long ways like a lot of people. But who's the one person in the world who will almost always accept you home on Thanksgiving, no matter how bad a boy or girl you've um, been? Your mama? Yeah, they're right. Not daddy. I don't want to see that guy. Yes. Mama will always invite the persons home, even in the extended family, who uh, will call them the wayward sheep, the ones who have sort of gotten into a lot of trouble, maybe even broke Mama's heart on many, many occasions. Mama will always welcome them back. Now, normally a day like today, you'd be with your mama in uh, Pennsylvania, right? That's true. I, I would be, but, you know. I, I don't want to leave you alone for the holiday, and we have all the kitties at home, too, so, you know, we have a full house. And we have the pigeons. And the uh, pigeons. Who, as John Katzmatidis said, uh, started arriving at 9 o'clock, knowing we were coming in this direction. I mean, they're on the windowsill, actually. There's at least 100 outside. At least 100. They follow us from the Upper West Side, where we feed them each and every day, and Nancy uh, gives them the food that Marco Katsimatidis gave us long ago. What is that? That's sort of like organic grain. Yeah, and it's like multiple types of seeds, so it's healthy for them. But, I mean, they're so clued on to the minute we walk out the door. You can't you can't turn off the steps without having like a batch of them on your back following you. Yeah, now Nancy will go out there on the Upper West Side, and some of the neighbors will give her grief. 
and then they'll see me walk out, and all of a sudden they shrink away. Oh, yeah, they don't say anything when you're there. <laughs> Better not. I'll punch your shards right down your throat. I'm going to feed the pigeons. What do you, hey, what, 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 what do you got to say now? Yeah, everyone's all tough when they're by themselves. But yeah, they're, yeah, they're all tough. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's go to the phone. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Bobby, who's calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. Bobby. Let me tell you about my bed. I've been sleeping on a tempur Swedish mattress for over a year now, and I've never felt so good. This bed is... In fact, this bed is guaranteed to provide a better night's sleep, and I'm here to tell you that it will not disappoint you. Tempur-Pedic contours to every curve of your body. It relieves the pressure points that make you toss and turn at night. You'll sleep more soundly. Wake up energized. Very important for people with back or neck problems. Tempur-Pedic offers extraordinary relief. So... That was great. <laughs> he hung up. That was the king of talk radio. That He was calling from talk radio heaven. That was Bob from New Jersey. Bob Grant, the king of talk radio from Manalapan. That's where he ended up uh, moving to uh, the Jersey Shore before he passed away. And there he was doing a bit for a mattress company. You know how many mattresses this guy sold? You know, whenever he would advertise a product, people would queue up. That's how much in demand Bob Grant, the king of talk radio, was. That's Nancy, without Bob Grant, I would never have been in talk radio. They didn't want me at WABC. And Bob Grant would host the afternoons 3 to 6 and 3 to 7. And he had such huge ratings and huge sales numbers that he went to all the markets, the suits, the muckety mucks. He said, nah, Bob, we don't want that guy. He's street urchin courtesy. He uses language that nobody understands. And Bob coined the phrase, are you crazy? Curtis knows where all the bones are buried and who buried them. You got to have them on WABC. Whatever Bob wanted back then, Bob got. And I'm telling you, I learned so much. But you you heard that that advertisement. And people would would run out. There'd be like 50 people online. Hey, Bob Grant, the king of talk radio, told me to come out and buy a mattress. And they would. Although I got to tell you a little story about what a schnorrer he was. Old-time talk radio hosts and hostesses tried to schnorr everything for free. Like Frank Morano now. You know, he's he's a new jack, right? But he's like a, an old man. You know, he's like an old talk. He tries to schnorr. He's probably in Atlantic City shooting craps as we speak. Schnorring, schnorring, schnorring. So Bob Grant was advertising a Cadillac uh, from a Cadillac company in Englewood Cliffs. And back then, they would loan you the Cadillac for a month. You're driving around or whatever car dealership it was. Then you had to return it within a month. So the program director then, John Manelli, who was afraid of his own shadow, he sucked. Uh, Anyway, uh, he goes to Bob. He goes, you have to return the Cadillac, Bob. It's a month. It's been a year. He goes, John, you know how many Cadillacs I've sold that dealership? He's not kidding. Probably a hundred people bought a Cadillac, brand new off the assembly line in Detroit. So I'm not giving it back. So he thought he was just doing one? Yeah. Old school, they would just snore it. You know, like Frank Morano does now. They just snore it. 
So John Manelli comes in, Curtis. You got to talk to your friend Bob Grant. There's paid for play rules now. There are federal laws against that. We could all get in trouble. We could be off the air. The FCC could take the license. I had to go in there and sit with Bob Grant and basically hold his hand for like an hour and a half and convince him to give me the keys to the Cadillac so that we could call the dealership so they could come and bring the car back to the show. took me an hour and a half. He said, Curtis, you know how many years I've been doing this? You know how many things I've snored in my life? I said, Bob, the age of snoring is finito. They would have been better off just selling it to him for like $100. <laughs> it's over. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. one of us he's old canada but what a great song and so much it epitomizes talk radio which is like one of the last places you have unfettered free speech certain things obviously we can't say but for the most part our owners and operators john and margot katsmatidis of our parent company red apple media say look go for it this is what america is about free speech about Thanksgiving is about, although, let's face it, I don't know uh, what your family situations have been in the past. It was oftentimes you'd have the crazy uncle or the crazy aunt, and you wanted them locked up in a closet, you know, during the Thanksgiving Day festivities because they had too much free speech. They were dropping the F-bomb. They were making accusations. <laughs> they were making stuff up. And you said, stifle it, stifle it. Yeah, it takes you a while to figure that out as a kid. Like, you know something's wrong with, with the relative. It's just you don't know what it is until you get older. <laughs> oh, and they're mature. They're robots. They're just popping at that moment. Anyway, speaking of relatives, let's go to Brandon, who's calling all the way from Delaware, the state of uh, Uncle Joe Biden. Your turn to be heard here on Thanksgiving Day at WABC, Brandon. There's my family, Nancy and Curtis. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, man. See, I got I got a great uh, solution for that. You move out of the state and away, so I could just have Thanksgiving here. No crazy uncles dropping the f bomb down here in Delaware, except for you. <laughs> so yeah, me. I'm allowed. It's my house. Oh, except for the president, Joe Biden, in his basement, his beach house. There. I mean, come on. Let's face it. That, that guy yeah, stumbled. We don't talk about him. Yeah, that guy stumbles and mumbles. Now, Brandon used to live in Long Island. Grew up with you out there. Yeah. He, yes. Uh, what town did you grow up in, Brandon? So I was born in Oakdale, uh, went down Franklin Square, around Conkema, Selden, all over the place. 
And then uh, Nancy was from Bohemia, and so we had the pleasure of going to some of our initial Thanksgiving days uh, when we first met uh, to your home with your lovely family, and you had the entire extended family over of Nancy's. We did, yeah. That was that was definitely uh, amazing. And one of them here wants to say Happy Thanksgiving. Go ahead, Emily. Happy Thanksgiving. Hey, hey, how you doing, Emily? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's getting ready for the turkey. She's excited. This is her favorite time of year. Are you working on my Christmas present already? Oh, of course. Oh, I got it earlier. Thanksgiving would be too late. Well, at uh, your household, Brandon, because so many of the people there were Polish on Nancy's side, it was a kielbasa turkey uh, that you had, pierogi and kielbasa turkey. That's what the stuffing was. Yeah, we marinated the turkey in sauerkraut. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a great Thanksgiving, Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Great Thanksgiving. Yeah, great Thanksgiving. Uh, take care, fam. Bye. Unfortunately, Brandon is one of the many who have fled New York and New Jersey and Connecticut and Pennsylvania, although he didn't he didn't go the whole leap south of the Mason-Dixon line of Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, or parts unknown. Like like many before him, he got stuck where Joe Biden is. He just couldn't think straight anymore. Now, you were telling me uh, when you uh, heard that uh, your stepbrother was on the line there, that uh, you and your brother used to torture him by what? What what means did you torture him, Nancy? <laughs> so we didn't really torture him. But, there, you know, during the summertime, flies, they get into the house, and then they try to escape, and they don't make it out the window, so they'll fall on the floor. And um, I think more my brother, not me. I just was there. Oh, wait a second. You're an innocent, right? You had no part in it. Yeah, no, I just saw it. I couldn't really stop it. I was kind of young, but uh, I used to chase him around with little flies. You used know. to hold the flies and chase them, and the kid probably went nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he didn't like them too much. I, I think he had some trauma after that. You will never, ever be forgiven for that, uh, Nancy. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go all the way to the City of Angels, Los Angeles, and Tom your turn to be heard here on Thanksgiving Day, where we have live and local programming on WABC. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Uh, all my best. And, Curtis, I want to let you know I'm a media guy out here in L.A., and there are quite a lot of us that listen to you on the weekends. And I followed your career since one of your first interviews back in the 80s. I believe it was Sally Jesse Raphael. And when I saw you on the show, I, I, I was really taken back. And... Uh, what you've done in your life is absolutely amazing. Really appreciate your program and uh, love the way you do your Rickles-esque stuff on Vinny and Frank and uh, love your mafia discussions like Vinny the Chin and all that. But just want to tell you there are a lot of us out here that really enjoy your program. Well, Tom, you're going to get more than the norm because not only <laughs> – let, let me give you the uh, the lineup card for Curtis Lee, which is always broadcasting Curtis. That's the acronym. <laughs> All right, so uh, Frank Morano, the Mama Luke, is uh, taking off uh, on the other side of midnight, the worst side, the other side of midnight. Uh, it's always a mistake because I just eat your real estate up and I get your listeners, and that's why I blew past him in the ratings. So I'll be on 1 to 5 in the morning. Then I come back, and it'll be like I'll be on all day on Friday, including the other side of midnight, my normal shift. And then Saturday with Anthony Weiner, left versus right at three. And then I go from um, uh, 
four to five, five to six, an extra hour, and then the other side at midnight, and then it's sort of like it's going to be 34 hours of Curtis Sliwa when all is said and done. And you talk about, right, am I the biggest turkey in the world? Am I going gobble, 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 gobble? I love it. I love it. I can't get enough. And let me go on to all of my fellow colleagues out there. You give up a minute. You give up a half hour, an hour, and I'm going to take that real estate of talk. And you may never get it back. What if they go for a bathroom break? No, 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 no. Let me, you, you, I, I got to tell you, there are certain tricks you use here when you have to do the marathon of broadcasting. One is a catheter. I don't necessarily suggest it. It can be very painful. I've had to wear many catheters in my life for the many operations I've undergone. But you got to break it six straight hours. You can't take a bathroom break. You got to strap the catheter on. Or a puddle on the floor. No, 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 no. That 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 is not going to suffice. Our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Rick, who's calling from Elmwood Park. Your turn to be heard here with the live and local programming of WABC here on Tom Turkey Day Thanksgiving. Rick, Curtis, happy Thanksgiving to you and your wife. Thank you. You're, you're, Thank both, you. you're both heroes of mine because you do animal rescue work. I do a bunch of it myself, and I also do a lot of research on what's killing animals. And um, the green movement is killing a lot of animals. And I'd like to offer my services to you guys to help you understand the climate change scam, which is killing birds and bats, and also making everybody poor. I can barely afford my own rescue animals myself right now because the price of vets and food is so expensive. Yeah, no, no. Uh, Not only is the inflation hit the uh, Thanksgiving Day table of humans, but you're right. Pet foods, uh, the prices have soared. Uh, You name it, whether you're feeding the birds, whether you're feeding your cats, your dogs, or other animals, uh, it's been affected by inflation. So, Rick, why don't you stay on the line? We'll get Rick's information, and he can school us on his ideology. It's like the same like with people. It's it's, um, costs more money to eat healthy, and for animals, it's so important to feed them the best that you can because they can't tell you what's wrong with them, and as they get older – a lot of the food that you give them if it's not good for them. So, you know, if you're trying to save money, I understand people will have to cut back on things. But, you know, in the long run, it's usually worse for the animal. Unfortunately, a lot of those foods they make for them aren't that good. Well, when I was a kid, I had dogs, cats in the basement in Canarsie to keep the mice, the rats, and rodents away. That's what was taught to me by my grandfather, Fidelo Bianchino. But we had dogs in the yard, dog in the house. And so for a buck... I could buy four cans of Dash dog food, a dollar. Yeah. It was always on the bottom shelf at the supermarket. It was the nastiest food. You opened up that can, man, and yet it was cheap. But I probably was really doing a disservice exactly, yeah, exactly. to my dogs. Exactly. And, and, again, it's just a trade-off, you know. I mean, I understand you have to, you know, be economical, but... Yeah, it's it's a really tough thing with animals. But think of it, how times have changed. It used to be you go into the dog or the cat food aisle, there'd be like one of the shelves up and down. That's yeah. it, just one series of shelves. Now it's like there are so many products specifically made for them. It was considered premier dog food was considered Alpo back then. Yeah. Alpo wouldn't even cut the grade now. Alpo would be considered low budget. In fact, people would look at you if you were buying Alpo for your dog and say, 
You must really not love your dog. You're buying them Alpo because now they have all these grades, organic, uh, what a free range chicken is. It's for animals, for dogs and cats. I mean, but again, it it does make sense. I mean, a lot of people they do. I mean, like we do. You, you treat your pets like family, so you want to take care of them the best that you can. And since you have to, you know, plan for them, and they can't tell you what's wrong with them, it's, their health becomes just so important. So. I will tell you this, though. Uh, I had a conversation with James Golden, aka Bo Snurdly and Nancy. I'm in competition with him as to who is the best music impresario. I'm going to blow him away Saturday morning right before he comes on. I'm, I'm on six straight hours, 12 midnight to six, the last hour. I'm doing the disco hour because they were, oh, we're going to do a disco hour, right, Diego? We're going to do a disco hour with Rico Radabali. Yeah, well, guess what? I'm doing it five to six. And then James Golden comes on from seven to ten uh, Saturday morning with a live and local program. Yesterday he had me on for a few minutes, and um, I praised him because he's a vegan Okay. I know you're a vegetarian, and I'm starting to move towards vegetarian status because it is very difficult for me to look at all these animals, the older I get, and know what they have to go through when they're in that industrial warehouse machine that churns them into our food on the table when we can survive on other things. Very yeah. difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I've given up the red meat. Chicken, just about going, going, gone. Fish, just about going, going, gone. So pretty soon I'll be joining you, uh, Nancy, and you'll be joining James Golden, the vegan here at WABC. Who would have thought that James Golden was a vegan? No, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great way to, to live and you feel so much better. That's, that's the thing I've noticed too. It's, not only is it healthier, it's just the level of energy you have is through the roof. The only thing that would prevent me from becoming a vegan. Because we saw Eric Adams, swagger man, with no plan, claimed he was a vegan. Psych! He wasn't. He had fish. Yeah. And notice, uh, another one of these enigmas. Like, just say, I'm a vegetarian. Who cares? Oh, I'm a vegan. You're not a vegan. The guy who is a vegan, Cory Booker, who I hate, I loathe, I despise. He's probably saying, oh, I'm having a tofu turkey today in Newark. I live in Newark. No, you don't. I really hate that. I really despise that guy. He lives in Newark? Well, he says he does. Oh. Nobody ever sees him. Yeah. I'm in Newark more than Cory Booker is in Newark, and he, they, he uses that as a residence. Anyway, our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Max calling from downtown Detroit. Your turn to be heard here at WABC, Max. Curtis. How yes, you doing? Yes, we talked. Uh, we talked some time ago. Stoves, beer, all that stuff. Look, uh, you got the wrong idea about Detroit now. You've been here a long time ago. Maybe you need to come back. Downtown is quite vibrant. There's no sagebrush rolling down the cash corridor. Uh, there's apartments downtown, shopping downtown. That big Detroit parade, that was Hudson's, J.L. Hudson's. That's they right. were the one that had the big parade. Oh, and it was uh, it was a magnificent parade. I remember. Yes, it was. It was my yes, my was. my uncle Steve. I told you the last time we spoke. Uh, grew up in an orphanage in Detroit, and he became the brewmaster at the Stroh's Brewery in Detroit. Then he met my aunt Mary in New York. Got married. He was all Polish. 
She uh, naturally Italian, and he became the brewmaster at Rheingold in Bushwick. Oh, Rheingold. Schlitz uh, <laughs> in uh, Williamsburg. Sch- Schaefer. Problem with him, though, Max, was he sampled too much of the brew that he was supposed to be giving the AK. That was an actual job, tastemaster. Yeah, that was very important. Very important job. That's like there'd be so many people today who would want that job. Oh, but you you had to have that ability. But anyway, I I digress, Max. So there's no parade any longer. I I know there are hipsters and millennials who have colonized down there. You got Greek town, but let's face it, you don't have the parade anymore, Max. No, well, Hudson's building isn't even there anymore. Uh, they are now building a big uh, parking lot, uh, park house, and above that there'll be condos, uh, expensive condos. But let me tell you what changed things in Detroit. About 15, 20 years ago, we got a police chief called James Craig. No nonsense. This guy, I think he came from another city, but he grew up in Detroit. And... After James Craig, and about that time, we got a concealed carry uh, shall issue in Michigan. Michigan's always had open carry. So, I mean, you could carry openly, no problem. But what happened in the crime downtown, when they started to open carry, uh, crime started to go down. And the same thing's going to happen in New York City when you guys get your concealed carry sorted out. Oh, there's no doubt, Max, and uh, I think my wife is going to be the first to get the concealed carry permit in the Sliwa household. I'm not. I'm not a gun. uh, I told her I'm not going to carry guns. I've been shot by guns, but I'm not going to be toting any guns. But Annie Oakley here, there's no doubt you'll end up having a concealed permit, right? Oh, absolutely. So I better not act up with you. Well, finally, somebody may have knocked my lights out with nine millimeter bullets. I'll have to watch my P's and Q's. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, our number is one eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let's go to Sandra calling from New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on WABC, Sandra. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you and to Nancy. I don't know if you remember me. Do you? You met me at two of the um uh oh I forgot her name already, Conway's uh, book event. One on um, Restaurant 18. Do you remember that? You got to turn your radio down where we're getting oh. hit with the reverb. Uh, you know, Diego here, he's stunned. You know, he has no idea how to work these uh, controls here. Uh, uh, are you okay now, Sandra? Yeah, I met you at Kellyanne Conway's book event. And twice I met you. I had the pleasure of that. And I wanted to say about Thanksgiving and turkeys. I was very sad when I went to the supermarket and I saw all these poor turkeys. Let me shut off this radio too. Yeah, and I saw all these poor turkeys wrapped up in bags. But I will say this. People are not going to stop eating turkeys. So I did read once that if you're going to eat this poor turkey, because eat it with love, you know, don't say, oh, it didn't come out good or oh, I, I didn't like it, or, oh, I'm going to throw it away. That turkey sacrificed his life for you. So when you do eat that turkey, at least be grateful for that turkey and don't and don't minimize its importance. Do you agree with that? <laughs> Once it's gone to the hereafter, you're absolutely correct. Although, uh, Sandra, I'd like to uh, share with you 
uh, stories about wild turkeys uh, that you would never think would exist in the numbers that you do. And, Nancy, I've shared with you the videos and the pictures. Every time I visit Staten Island, and, you know, I love Staten Island because it's the borough that voted for me to become the mayor of the city of New York. If I, if only Staten Island had voted, I would be mayor of the city of New York now. I, it was, like, overwhelming. I think it was, like, 80-20. But anyway, I digress. So I'm on Highland Boulevard. I had just gotten Staten Island GOP nomination to run for the mayoralty of the city of New York. That was incredible. What you're going to hear when I come back is who met me, who greeted me, who applauded the fact that I was the Staten Island GOP candidate for mayor. The first of only two counties. To endorse me. Staten Island, Brooklyn, the other three, oh, Michigan, right? They said, no, 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 we'd rather have this guy, Fernando Mateo. I think, has anybody seen him since I crushed him? But anyway, when we come back, it's not the Thanksgiving Day story. It's the story of turkeys on Staten Island. And I was not the turkey on Highland Boulevard. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. I had a dream. We were sipping whiskey neat. Highest floor. You know who this is, Nancy, right? Selena Gomez, right? Give her a juice there. Turn it on. What's your turning the microphone off on my wife, Diego? Yeah. Selena Gomez, you know that uh, Frank Morano of the worst side of the other side of midnight is all for toots about her. I've heard. He sits in a lawn chair outside of that building on 86th Street where they film the episodes. What is that, Hulu? Yeah, yeah, What's the name of that program she's on? Only Murders in the Building. Yeah, and who who are the two altacacas that are... uh... Oh, Steve Martin and Martin Short. Right. So he's outside. He's got his flip-flops on. He's got his shorts on. He's got his pocket protector. He's got this sign, I love Selena Gomez. Please do an interview with me. And she completely disses and dismisses him, just like Tulsi Gabbard did when he went to Hawaii. Wow, that's rude. He tried everything he could to get Tulsi Gabbard on his show, The Worst Side of the Other Side of Midnight, Monday through Fridays from 1 to 5. By the way, he's shooting craps tonight at the Borgata. I'll be uh, on the program instead. What is it that he pursues them? He's obsessed with them, and they will not do interviews with him. Maybe he has to start doing what they used to do, like you said, you know, giving free gifts away. And they'll, they'll oh, that's right. Snoring. <laughs> Snoring. Yeah. But, I mean, we've seen him when we walk past that building there on 86 between Broadway and Amsterdam. Yeah, it's a sorry sight. It's really sad. Yeah, sad. I mean, here he is, a grown man. And flip-flops. He's got a little picture of Carmine on his shirt, you know, a little button. It's a real groupie. Oh, it's so sad. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe next time we'll do an intervention. Like, come with us, Frank. Come here. Come here. We'll bring him some coffee or something. Yeah, this. You're not giving you any play. Not giving you any play at all. Yeah. Don't knock yourself out. Talk about the UFOs. Talk about the little gray people. 
talk about the extraterrestrials. Yeah, that's more like his crowd, I think. Yeah, leave Selena Gomez and Tulsi Gabbard alone because they don't want to have any part of you. Nothing to do with you. New York's talk station with the king of New York. Curtis Lewa, 77 WABC. Diego, he likes, likes to play that music low. Man, let me tell you something. I'm going to wipe out James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, Rich Radabali, you, Geraldo Rivera, and, uh, well, you're the son of Geraldo Rivera. Oh, Diego, excuse me, Diego, and Kevin Perez. These are the four who uh, think that they know about music and they conflate music to what they're talking about. But I got to show them how they're JV. You're not going to want to miss it. And my overnight's extravaganza Saturday morning from 12 midnight to 6 at last hour will be a disco hour because they were talking about it. You see, all they do here is talk. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. They don't know how to turn it around. I'm going to turn it around. It's going to be an hour of disco. And, Diego, you tell your homeboy, James Golden, it's all going to be themed disco music. That actually has political reverence. Whoa! Relevance. Whoa! You think Rich Rider Valley knew anything about that? Of course he does. Go ahead, knock yourself out on your turkey, get tripped to fame, pass out. It's no different than what they normally do. You can't you can't keep up with Curtis Lewa. It's just no way. He's all befuddled. He's like, oh, what the hell am I supposed to do here? I'm just a new jack here. WABC. We do live and local radio, even on holidays where other stations will play best of, which is really worst of, or infomercials, or they'll bring in some uh, new Jack who's never done a broadcast before in his or her life, and you'll say, like, really, do I need this? I want to impale myself with the uh, my terrestrial radio. Well, we brought in Nancy today, right? My animal rescuer wife... <clears throat> who has given up going to Pennsylvania to be with her mother and her extended family in order to be with all of you, because we know. I mean, last time, um, I had just gotten out of Columbia Presbyterian after an eight-and-a-half-hour operation for chronic Crohn's disease, and it was right before Christmas, and I insisted I come in and do that Christmas Day program because I know there are a lot of people, like on Thanksgiving, who are shut-ins by themselves. They no longer have loved ones or friends, or they couldn't travel, and it's the most depressing of times. And I remember that was probably the most difficult radio program I ever did. You were in the studio, Nancy, my oldest son, Anthony, and his friend from Iraq. Yeah, Hamza. Hamza from Baghdad. 
wow, that was good radio, but I could barely speak. And that's part of been part of the tradition of our Sliwa household ever since is that we come in and we do programs on the holidays, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas, because we know how important it is to so many people out there who really, for whatever reason, have nobody else in their life and their friend and their family is WABC. We have a, a little twist on it this year. So I brought a couple of the kittens with me and I've hidden them around the office in different spots. So after the show, you got to find them. That's right. It's like uh, an Easter egg hunt, except that we go up to Greenwich, Connecticut, on the New England Thruway, and we actually exit on Greenwich, right? You have the select man there with his lime green jacket, you know, who first vets you out, profiles you, and then if you can make it to the Easter egg hunt right there in the green in downtown Greenwich, they roll the Fabergé eggs for the children to find, which are worth like tens of thousands, some of the millions of dollars. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. On our way over here to WABC this morning, we passed uh, the parade participants. It hadn't yet started. And then we took the E-train. The E-train, which, as I've explained it before, is the moving motel, hotel, Holiday Inn Express of the vast subway system of New York. Homeless people know that if you're on the E-train from its last stop, World Trade Center, to its first stop out in Jamaica Station, where you can catch the train to the plane to JFK, it is all underground. There is a working bathroom, believe it or not, at Jamaica Station. And you know why it's a working bathroom? Because that's where all the cops wait to get their coffee and donuts uh, at the donut and coffee stand there. So they actually have a working bathroom there. In the train station? Yeah, well, in the connection. Oh, wow. Between the train station and the train to the plane, and then there's the J train. So we were on the E train, and we saw a lot of homeless people. Mm -hmm. Now, you would think with the amount of money that we're spending on homeless people now, millions, millions, that they would be in adequate shelters. Uh, we didn't bother waking any of them up because obviously you could tell they were on the train all night long. But they would probably have told us, as they've told me before, Nancy, and told you that they're not going to go to the shelter. The shelter is like going to a jail. Half the people in the shelter have just gotten out of jail. They're young. They're buffed. It's survival of the fittest. It's Darwinian. The other half, they're called MICA residencies, uh, Men and women with severe emotionally disturbed issues. I mean, they have psychotic disorders. They're dangerous. So imagine they would much rather ride the subway all night long in pursuit of, remember, they got to get water. That's the most important thing. They cannot dehydrate. they got to find a working bathroom. And they got to eventually find food. And you know where they find food? In the garbage can. I mean, if you're telling someone who's homeless, but they have their sensibilities about them, the last place they would want to go, I would think, is into a shelter in which you're enclosed with all these people that just came out of prison and do have all these issues that aren't being attended to. So I can see why it's more comfortable to stay on the train, because odds are you're not going to be bothered by anyone. No one's going to come up to you. But then imagine you're where you're in control of your mental faculties enough so that you realize that you got this whole wave of illegal aliens who are being put up in hotels, midtown hotels. You say, wait, I'm an American. 
Maybe I served my country. Some of them are veterans. I'm riding this freaking E-train back and forth because I don't want to be victimized in the shelter. I see one of the newspapers, the few newspapers that people actually buy any longer, the hard copy, and they're reading the story. 600 illegal aliens, single able-bodied males from Venezuela housed in the Watson Hotel. If you were coming here to see the parade, Mm. charging $848 for one night, and they never tell you that the other... The other suites are occupied by illegal aliens. So imagine you're going out in the hallway. Nobody speaks English. They're running up and down. They don't have the basic amenities because they've just been given shelter. And you're saying, we're here from Indianapolis, Indiana. And what? We're being housed with illegal aliens? You're charging us $848 a night? You're gouging us because of the Thanksgiving Day holiday? Yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And Midtown is such a mess because the amount of people that are walking around the streets and that are living in the streets, you don't know where they're coming from or where they're going to. And it never stops. I mean, I, I definitely have stopped walking up and down 8th Avenue because it's, you, you get nervous walking on that avenue. I mean, think of it. We are the economic engine of the world here. It's epicenter of capitalism, New York City. Although if AOC all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of the Democratic Socialists uh, of America, the Justice Warriors, have it her way, we will become a socialist capital. Uh, We're not there yet. And we got people on Thanksgiving Day eating out of garbage cans. Now, I've traveled the world in setting up guardian angel groups. You haven't had that same opportunity, Nancy. I see that in third world countries. The last place I expect to see that is here, not just in America. I realize that happens in America. I've been all over America. But in New York City, where we throw away so much food each and every day, and these people are picking through the garbage to eat what was left over from Diego's Wendy's sandwich or somebody's donut or this guy or this gal, partial soda. They'll actually drink this because they need they need liquid. They're dehydrating, which brings on, if they have any kind of psychotic disorders, any kind of psychosis, the more, just think of it, how many times have you been dehydrated or I've been dehydrated when we've had to sort of get supplements to get us back? You begin to actually veg out. When, when COVID first started and we were doing um, the feedings at the different stations, so with the guardian angels and as much as we had the food and the snacks, because obviously there wasn't much for them to eat. No one was going, throwing anything in the garbage. But the thing that they consistently wanted was more water because they couldn't find water anywhere. So that was, that did surprise me that that was the number one thing that they were requesting. And it maintains your sanity because if you dehydrate, you really begin to lose control of your mental faculty. So if you have issues to begin with and you haven't been properly hydrated, you're going to act up, and there's a very good chance you're a danger to yourself and everyone else. These are the simple basics, and we spend gazillions of dollars, and we don't even deal with the, the simple basics of what can normalize somebody who could potentially be a threat to themselves and yeah, everybody else. Yeah, it's very, else. Uh, very like, sanitized and bureaucratic in the treatments of these people as well. You know, it's like that mentality, oh, you don't really look, you don't really involve yourself, you don't really get involved emotionally or... But, you know, you really need to normalize it. 
where you're looking at these people as as individuals as opposed to, you know, just like staring at them from afar. I think that's really the thing that's missing. They keep bringing these new people in. Oh, go on the subways and, you know, talk to them. Well, if you don't have any experience interacting with them, you're just going to be scared. You hear them scream and you hear like, but you need to know, you really have to have people who are experienced, I think. No doubt. By the way, uh, Nancy was kind enough to give up her Thanksgiving. She normally spends with her mother and her family and extended family now in Pennsylvania. Yeah, they also escaped. <laughs> they went to Pennsylvania. And they're in the middle of Pennsylvania where there are more there are more bears, there are more beavers, there are more deer than people, right? Exactly, exactly. Well, one of your siblings is on the line. Uh, it's Steve calling from Florida. Happy Thanksgiving Day, Steve. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, Curtis. Happy Thanksgiving, Nancy. I love you guys. <laughs> Thanks, Stephen. Now, Steve, you just recently uh, survived the uh, terrible Hurricane Ida, correct? Yes, uh, we survived it. We had a, <laughs> we went, in a, we got in a car, we drove what we thought we were driving away from it, and we actually drove back into it. <laughs> wow! And uh, any damage as a result? No damage, but uh, my puppies, my dogs were not happy being in a hotel. Not the greatest hotel in the world, but what are you going to do? We're all fleeing together, you know. Now, Steve, uh, have you noticed more New Yorkers, more folks from Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Connecticut coming down to join you down there? Uh, yeah, uh, I love it. Uh, I know it's making it tougher for you guys. I know it's tougher for you guys because, uh, you know, you're losing a lot of Republicans and conservatives up there. They're all coming down here. But uh, the more the merrier down here. We love it. Well, you know, Steve, that's why DeSantis won by such a plurality over Charlie Crist, Uh he won by 20%, and I'm I'm pretty sure that a lot of that had to do with all the transplants from Pennsylvania, from Connecticut, and especially from New Jersey and New York. You're right. Many of them are Republicans and conservatives, and they just voted for DeSantis, their first vote in Florida. You nailed it. They say two to one, the people who came down here, two to one ratio, Republican to Democrat. Boy, that boosted his numbers. Boy, so, that boosted his numbers. So the question is, how, how would we lure someone like yourself back to New York? You got sunshine up there? Oh, I don't know. Uh, it, dep- it depends what block you're on, but there's 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 sometimes you see it. There's so much freedom down here. Uh, the freedom, the, the freedom's overrated. Beautiful. Freedom's overrated. Keep going. Sounds <laughs> like a New Yorker. But uh, oh, I want to say though, uh, I say happy Thanksgiving to all the guardian angels too. Okay. They do such a great job. Thanks, man. Uh, and what a great job, uh, Nancy, you do with uh, saving the animals. How many cats do you have now? Is it fourteen? Fourteen in the house. Correct. Exactly. 14 in the house, that means there's more uh, running around, huh? Well, yeah, we've adopted some out, thankfully. I, uh, I was talking to a mom, and she said that Brandon called in. Our brother Brandon called in before? Yes, he did call in. Yeah, from oh, no, from he was... Delaware. He uh, escaped to Joe Biden land. Pretty soon they're going to be putting Brandon in a basement, and he'll be mumbling and stumbling <laughs> around. <laughs> oh, it's so, don't, don't even get me going with Sleepy Joe. Oh, that's so scary. What? Did, I hope Brandon didn't tell anybody stories about what we did with when we were kids right no he didn't relay anything no, but, okay, but, okay. but nancy did now one last question steve you're a teacher by trade how long have you been teaching in schools so uh right now i'm, I'm looking for a good a good uh, teaching job right now uh, i've taught in eight different public schools in uh, florida in pinellas county all right. Now, what's the difference? Uh, is it more difficult for the teachers? Has it remained the same? What have your experiences uh, dictated to you? 
Uh, most honestly, most of the teachers told me when I got into the business, uh, don't do it. Don't teach public schools anymore. It's just not, it ain't what it used to be. They said, just teach the private schools. That's what most teachers told me. And your, your personal experience in dealing in the public schools? Uh, it's, you don't spend as much time teaching. Most of it is just, it's a bureaucracy, you know, it's, that's kind of what it is now. Very little time. Can you actually engage the kids? But you know, that's what it, you know, you have to teach in a private school if you really want to be with the kids. It's just so political now, the teaching, you know, it's so political. Well, you and yours down in Florida have a great Thanksgiving, Steve. And, and I'll say to you what, what you wrote to me in my law school graduation card. You had the, the courage to look at an overcrowded field and say, me too. <laughs> uh, that was a good memory there. Good memory. All right. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. My wife, says, my wife says hi to you guys, too. Hi, Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good Thanksgiving. And hopefully, Steve, you'll be able to help another generation of youngsters in the public schools because, boy, they really need it. Your brother, very dedicated teacher, very dead, a lot of patience, very intelligent, and as you can see, very engaging. He's got a personality, which you definitely need in the classroom to keep the attention of kids who, like, uh, suffer from attention deficit disorder. You know, like half of our hipster and millennials do here at WABC. You know, it's like if you don't speak in a 30-second soundbite, they're no, like, huh? it's, hard not to get, say, huh? it's hard not to get bored in the schools because they keep repeating the same thing over and over again. It's like, and, and plus, if you have a phone in your hands, forget about it. You're not going to pay attention anymore to the teacher. So why are you looking at me when you said that? Because I repeat myself over <laughs> and over again that everybody here today on Thanksgiving well, you're like holiday. A hi- you're like a hybrid because you also look at the phone all the time, which is unusual. So you do both of them. You talk a lot and you look at the phone. You have to. You have to with all the emergencies going I on. You, I don't think you could survive without a phone for a day. No. And there was a time I didn't want a cell phone at all. Not a flip phone, not any kind of phone. And unfortunately, it's an attached, like an appendage to me. Our numbers with a live and local programming that you heard earlier this morning from our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, who hosted the uh, morning show with Dominic Carter. That's what he's done since he's bought the station with his wife, Margot. He said, we have live and local programming all the time. It's never best of because that's always worst of. And especially on holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas, to all of you, we know that for many of you, we are your friends. We are your extended family. You may not have anybody else, but always know. You can uh, tune in to WABC on the stream, on your computer, on your laptop, on the app, on your phone. Many, many more people now listen to it on their cell phone. Get the app. It costs you nothing. Or on the old terrestrial radio. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC.
See, uh, Diego has exited stage left, our board operator. He can't deal with Rare Earth, a classic. Well, they always had theme music, something that his generation has no concept of because you're in a drug-induced psychosis. So now replacing him is Ryan, who's saying, like, wow, man, it's a good song. How come I was never exposed to this? Because you don't listen to the Curtis Lewis show. You, you, you listen to some stupid podcast, right, about something of no meaning that has absolutely no relevance to anything. Boo, I listen to podcasts, podcasts. Uh. Wait, wait, oh. you're saying people weren't in a drug-induced psychosis when they were making this music? Well, of course they were, but it was a completely different drug. <laughs> they weren't licking the backs of frogs. And getting high that way, like hipsters and millennials are now. They were dropping acid. Oh, there you go, better. But let me make mention that actually, uh, when I come back at 12.15 to do my normal 45-minute rip and read and commentary, there is a guy out there I hate, I loathe, I despise of the many. Biggest turkey you'd ever want to know, Ted Cruz who was at a conference in Las Vegas and was talking about his freaking podcast. Like, really? Uh, And he claims he has the number one podcast in the world. I really don't want to hear about that any longer. My dentist has a podcast. My plumber has a podcast. Everybody in the world. I think Athena has a podcast. Well, look, uh, remember our cat that came to try to vote with me when I was running for mayor? Gizmo. Gizmo has a Twitter account, Elon Musk has put Gizmo back on. That's incredible. Yeah, how how, how, do you, how can you find Gizmo's uh, uh, thread, tweet, whatever oh, you call it? Gizmo Sliwa. Gizmo Sliwa was banned. And now that Elon Musk has to- taken over Twitter and will go bankrupt doing it, Gizmo is back on. This is the little cat that tried to go in and vote for me when I was running for mayor. And was denied the opportunity to come in. We still have a federal civil rights lawsuit that is uh, stuck somewhere at the appellate division. We'll keep you informed of that. But she has more followers than me. Yeah, she. well, she's, she's a little hipper, you know. She's, she knows what's going on in the streets. See, this is hip music. This is hip music. Our number is 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Tommy in New Jersey. Your turn to be heard here on Thanksgiving Day with our live and local uh, broadcast here at WABC. Hey, Curtis, you know, that intro, nobody knows New York better than Curtis Sliwa, is an absolute truth. So why in the hell didn't the people of New York City vote for you? Because you're not a, a, a liberal Democrat. And they put that knucklehead in there, Eric Adams, who is in so far over his head. I mean, the guy really comes off as as maybe having um, a thinking process of a 7th or 8th grader. That's number one. I know you might have a lot to say about that, but they missed their opportunity to have a guy that would have made a major positive impact on that city. Number two, any people who are sitting around this morning feeling sorry for themselves, crying in their beer, staring at a bottle of whiskey or with a big glass of vodka, get the hell out, go to an AA meeting, go to an Alcathon, clean up your act. You don't have to sit there and be alone and think, oh, nobody understands me. I have so many problems. 
self-pity is totally self-destructive. So, um... Now you're spot, you're spot on, Tommy. And in fact, uh, right before John Katzmatidis and Dominic Carter doing the live morning show, uh, passed off to us at 10 o'clock, Nancy and myself, Larry Kudlow, one of our hosts, was on. He's on Saturdays 10 to 1 right after uh, Bo Snurdly. He said today he's going to his AA meeting. He has to go every day. He says it's the only way he can stay on the wagon and look, this guy has been a, a tremendous success, both in terms of Wall Street, the economic advisor to then President Donald Trump. But he's acknowledged time and time again he had a booze problem, drugs, serious drug problem. I mean, we're talking about the kind you see guys in the street or in the subway, you know, with needles uh, sticking out of their arm oh, spikes. Yeah, and then just uh, came back, I don't know, from nowhere. Can be done. But as uh, Tommy mentioned, man, you gotta you gotta get some help. And there are places where people gather up each and every day. They have problems. You have problems, and you you work on them together. But there are a lot of people, unfortunately, they they think because they've had problems, it's over. You know, it's like they had their opportunity. Lights out. They have low self esteem. They think they're not good. They're not worthy. And it's like. Um, I told the guardian angels, everyone who ever has joined us over the years, and there have been tens of thousands in 13 countries, 130 cities, said today, no matter what your background, it's like uh, we're starting a new piece of paper. We're starting to write what it is you are, who you are, and what you're going to do for the world, which is so important because too many people cash out, and then they crawl into the belly of the beast. Oh, and some people, they, they, they might drink because they're alone, but... I'm sure there's people who are drinking because their family comes over, too. So depends who you are. That's true. Uh, many of them would not necessarily want their family over, right? <laughs> so they start hitting it before, during, and after. Speaking of family, your mother's calling from Pennsylvania because she couldn't be there today. You decided you wanted to be with our extended WABC family with our live and local programming. Now, is it Nancy or is it Beth? My mom, my mom is Nancy, yes. All right, Nancy. And so you're Beth, right? I'm Nancy. <laughs> He's Nancy Beth. Nancy Beth. See, I'm confused. Whenever I'm in your company, people start saying Beth. <laughs> and then Nancy answers. It's almost like I'm there for Thanksgiving, like I didn't miss anybody. <laughs> well, they do. They miss you. That's why they're calling in. Hey, how could I not after all your siblings called in? That's true. That's true. Yeah, even I'm calling him. Back. Oh, hi, Frank. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Hi, I'm on the other extension. <laughs> I, yeah, I heard you guys talking about the deer up here. There's like, you know, I like this morning I fed like nine of them. And okay. it's amazing. They come like within a foot of me, you know, when I put the corn down. <laughs> and it's like they're my girls. Yeah, you know? no, they definitely know you. Yeah, in the morning and at night. I haven't seen any bears for a while. They could be starting to hibernate with the weather being cold. But now uh, you feed the deer. How long before the deer trusted you that you weren't going to all of a sudden pull out a shotgun and shoot them? Well, yeah, probably, you know, a couple of months because I would put the food down. I put it in different piles so they don't fight over each other, you know, because if too many are trying to eat, then they start jumping up and with their hooves, you know, and push the other one away. So I try to avert that by just putting about five or six or seven piles. Well, Frank, let me ask you this question. 
are you the type of person who would drink when no one's coming over for the holiday, or you start drinking when people are coming over for the holiday? Yeah, both. <laughs> <laughs> I drink when they're coming and when they're not coming. He likes yeah, to hedge his bets. Have a scotch after 12. I oh, have there you go. After lunch. Now, Frank, uh, when you're feeding the deer, some of our listeners who themselves live out in the areas that you do, in the rural areas, the suburban areas, yeah. they think the deer are agent orange with hooves. They hate deer. What do you say yeah. to all of them? Well, I just say they're animals that are living in the wild, and, you know, I feel sorry for them because it's like I see the, the, how cold it is and the snow and you know, especially when the greenery starts going away in the winter, you know, and the leaves are on the ground. They can't eat grass now because there's all kinds of leaves and snow. So, you know, I just did it, and it just I just kept on going and going. And, that you know, I just feed them once in the morning and once at night. And they come out. They come at that time. They come about 7 o'clock. They even come in front of the house and look through the window. They know his car. <laughs> if we're late coming home from a store, they know his car. They see us in the driveway, and they come around to the backyard already. That is amazing. Well, uh, both of you have a great Thanksgiving. Have a good Thanksgiving, Happy yourself. Thanksgiving, Mom and Frank. Uh, I know that Nancy, this Nancy, <laughs> Nancy, Nancy <too>. Beth, uh, <laughs> gave up a lot in order to be with our extended family at WABC, but this has become the Sliwa household tradition ever since. Uh, Nancy wheeled me out of Columbia Presbyterian when I survived that eight-and-a-half-hour operation to deal with my chronic uh, Crohn's disease. And within days, I was on with Nancy, Anthony, my oldest son, and Hamza, his friend who was from Baghdad, Iraq. And I could barely do the show. And little Hamza, he, he sort of like took over. Everybody <laughs> wanted to know, what is it like in Iraq? What is it like growing up in Iraq? And I said, boy, this is great. I just get to sit back. We're on WABC. Yes, it's a holiday extravaganza. And then I got a chance to sign off and go back to bed because, uh, man, I was like going, going, gone. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Electronic dance music, EDM. This is the music that I most love out of the many different forms of music I play here and conflate with the uh, themes that we talk about. Better than anybody else here at WABC, they can't touch this. Not James Golden, who thinks he's Frankie Crocker at WBLS. Hey, James, I, I knew Frankie Crocker. You know Frankie Crocker, Vaughn Harper, yeah, yeah, little budgie. 
all these wannabes like Diego and Kevin Perez and Rich Rodabali. Oh, I'm a disco guy, disco. Wow, what disco? You think any of them could do electronic dance music? Of course not, Nancy. Where you get wound up like a whirling dervish and you could be dancing and dancing to the break of dawn. This, this song, Write It Down Fast Car by Jonas Blue featuring Dakota. See, you like uh, EDM too, right? Oh, I love it. I love it. See, it's a mood elevator, a natural mood elevator. You listen to music like this. You're not going to be in a foul mood. You're not going to want to take a gun and go hold up a bodega or a gas station. We'll be talking about that in the 12 o'clock hour when I get back to the rip and read and the commentary, 12.15 to 1. And, yes, Greg Kelly will follow 1 to 3 live and local programming. You don't get that anywhere. Live and local programming. It used to be, Nancy, they'd have infomercials. They'd have what they call best of, which was really worst of. You'd turn the radio off. You felt like you had been fouled. You wanted to go just take a hot shower, like you had been soiled. Like this covenant that we have with all of our listeners had been violated. And then John and Margot saved the station. And said, we're going live and local every minute of the day with entertainment, the theme for the weekends. But this particular weekend, you think I do a lot of hours before, like 28, 30 hours? Uh Uh-uh. 38 hours. Whoa. 38 hours. And I don't think I'm giving any of it back. Wow. You give it up, guys and gals. You ain't getting it back. I eat up the real estate. Anyway, let's go back to the phones. And it's uh, Joyce who's calling from New Jersey on this Thanksgiving Day extravaganza here on WABC. Joyce. Good morning, Curtis and Nancy. It's so nice to talk to you. Uh, Manchester, New Jersey, originally Manchester, England. I just want to congratulate you on the work that you're doing with Delta. I have donated to them for years. And 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 I'm I'm an animal person like you are. I um I get up at four thirty five o'clock every morning to feed an outside kitty cat, my sooty. He's been around for about six years now, and one of our residents built a house for him, and I've got thermal blankets in there oh, for how him nice. How nice. to keep him warm. And I, I just love it. Right now I'm watching a squirrel on my bird feeder hanging upside down, eating the peanuts out of the bird feeder. How, don't, how doesn't the blood rush to the head? <laughs> Why is that, Nancy? Well, maybe it's, they're so tiny. Maybe it's just not as big an effect. Oh, I, I mean, I see this squirrel. He's, he's hanging upside down with his feet on the feeder and, and, and his two paws are holding the peanut, eating... And, and I'm saying, why doesn't something happen to them? We, you know, I mean, we hang upside down, the blood rushes to our head, and we get dizzy. How come they don't get dizzy? I got to tell you, uh, I remember walking into the New York Athletic Club. One time I was there for a meeting, uh, Joyce. Yeah. And I saw a guy, he was in the gym area. His name was Bill Fugazi, long-term friend of Mark and John Katsimatidis, owned the uh, limousine company at the time. Well, I was Big just going to say that. Wasn't he the, the car person? Yeah, he, uh, 
friends of George Steinbrenner, you'd always see him in the box at Yankee Stadium. He was hanging upside down with cups on the bottom of his feet, and he was like wrapped like Harry Houdini, like in a straitjacket. I said, Bill, what are you doing? He goes, oh, this is great. All the blood rushes to my head. I said, how do you get down from there? He goes, oh, one of the trainers comes and unhooks me from the ceiling like a bat. He was like a bat. That's incredible. You know, sometimes I'll, believe it or not, I'll do that a little bit if I have a migraine headache. It helps. Yeah, there's no doubt. In fact, for Nancy's migraine headaches, because we still don't know how young you are, you refuse to tell us uh, your age. Hey, I'm like a tree. You have to cut me open and find out. I figured it out. I'm not the doctor, right? I figured it out after years and years. I said, why don't you take one of my high blood pressure pills, mm. which just dealing with people here at WABC, my high <laughs> I mean, I've gone up at times 265 over 125, right? I should have yeah. stroked out. Just dealing with these gabones here. And I gave you one. Yeah. And it, it dealt with your headache. Hey, so I'm not dealing with them. I'm dealing with you. So is that where I'm getting it from? Could be. Oh, interesting. Could be. Anyway, uh, by the way, George, if you've ever been to Manchester in England, for any of you out there, I've been there. You can drive in Manchester forever in a day. You're still in Manchester, and it's a grid. Everything leads in the center city. I spent time in the Marseille where they were doing drive-by shootings. The Jamaicans, the shower posse guys, were doing drive-by shootings in the Marseille in Manchester. Anyway, let's go, if we can, to Pat, who's calling from Bronxville. Your turn to be heard here on our Thanksgiving Day extravaganza here at WABC, Pat. Uh, you know, it's tough, Ryan. Pat from Bronxville there. You know, you press a button. Not your belly button. Don't go below your navel. No lint in there. Actually, look at this. He's yeah, having tough. a very difficult time. But yeah. he's struggling. He's it's, struggling. It's like yeah. they're dexterous. You know? Yeah, it's, no. Uh, it's, I don't think he had any coffee today. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. We forgive him. Let's, right. let's see if we can go to Bob in New Jersey, if that works out, huh? Let's see. Come on. Look at that. That's oh, awesome. boy. He can't even get by. God, everything is frozen oh, up. Gosh. This is Sabatucci. And, you know, this is probably a result yeah. of the Mameluke Frank Morano because I've been disparaging him. So you said if you did the, the best side of Frank, would it be just that guy snoring on a loop? I think so. Uh, <laughs> although it's now referred to as the worst side of the other side of midnight. Yeah. I understand that his baby boy, Carmine, who's yeah. now 50 pounds, imagine, 50 pounds. That's huge, yeah. Since he was birthed last Thanksgiving, a midwife had to come on loan from uh, Mount Laredo. She was old nun. And then you had Nurse Ratchet there at uh, Port Richmond Hospital. And that's how they delivered the baby. Uh, but he's 50 pounds. Can you uh, imagine that? Unbelievable. One and apparently there's a birthday for him that I haven't been invited to again. Yeah, they seem to leave you off the list a lot, I've noticed. Well, it's not they. You see, mm -hmm. it's not Rachel. She's a cat lover. Yeah. Frank, I think he likes to blame it on other people. But I noticed, wait a second, isn't it Carmine's birthday? Aren't you having a birthday party for him? 
Am I a person of no consequence? Am I persona non grata? Yeah, I I think that's that's a sense I'm getting too. You may want to look into that. Now they claim it's fixed. Our crack non-engineering team here oh, that's claim it's fixed. So let's try to go to Pat in Bronxville. Your turn to be heard here at WABC. No, Pat. there's no Pat. How about Bob in New Jersey? There, there's no Bob. So you're telling me it's fixed and you don't have anybody? It's a full board of chords. Oh, oh my, my God. God, this is this is like a circle jerk. I think I'll just talk to my wife, Nancy, while you guys try to figure it out. <laughs> Greg Kelly will be coming on from one to three. He's going to need the board to be up and operational. I think you'll probably be able to figure it out by then. So anyway, uh, Nancy, yeah. your job is going to be to feed the hundred pigeons that are waiting outside there to perch there. It's just like the Alfred Hitchcock movie. They're waiting to be fed. Oh, no, I see them all perched on the window and on the telephone poles. So I might have to grab some of the snacks from the snack room so I have some extra supplies. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know what it was like for you going up uh, Thanksgiving Day, but I grew up uh, on the Italian side of my family, the uh, Bianchino side. That was my grandfather, Fidel, my grandmother, Nicoletta Bianchino, and they had 13 kids. The last drop, my mother, Francesca, born here in America, everyone else born in Andria, a little town in Bari, Italy, on the uh, Adriatic coast. And we would go over to my Aunt Mary's, and uh, it was in Old Howard Beach. And actually, the proverbial 10-course meal for the Italians, you know, at okay. first, a little brodo, a little brodo, you know, with a little... Uh, the little macaronis in it. And then you had the brajol. The brajol, you know, it had uh, toothpicks in it with the little string. Okay. And my uncle, my uncle Vincenzo, who was the butcher, would say, you know what that is, Curtis? I'd say, no. He goes, that's un cavallo. That's uh, horse meat. Yeah. That was the second course. And then you had the macaroni. And then you had the lasagna. You didn't get to the turkey until way towards the end. And then if you had enough room in your stomach, it was past the cannolis, don't bring the guns. You had the cannolis, Nutazza de Cafe, the Medaglia d'Oro. And you would think that people wouldn't be able to get up, right, from the trip yeah. to fame. Nope, cards. Uh, you would have loved it because you love playing cards. Yeah. The men and the women yeah. would sit around and they'd be playing cards for hours. Poker, blackjack. And the kids, we'd be sitting separately and watching uh, the Detroit Lions versus the Green Bay Packers. That was the only game back then. Who won? Mostly the Packers. But you'd be surprised the Detroit Lions would often win as the home team as they would play that game annually in Detroit. Now you have way too many games in way too many places. Check this out. No one knows New York better. The founder of the Guardian Angels, Curtis Lewa. And you can't compete against that. On 77 WABC. Don't wish it away. Don't look at it. We started today at 10 o'clock, Nancy, with an Elton John song as his farewell yellow brick tour, road tour. We thought it ended in Chavez Ravine Dodger Stadium with his last three appearances. And then a 
All of a sudden last night, nobody knew. There was no press release. There was no hype. There was no, like, hush, hush, mush, mush. In an age where everything gets tweeted out in advance, Elton John, they open up the window at Saks Fifth Avenue for the start of their Christmas extravaganza when they light up the whole store. It's magnificent. People are outside are waiting. Who's in the window with a baby grand piano? Elton John. His final appearance of all time. 75 years old. They could never, ever have anticipated it. And it was ironic because just hours before, James Golden, to his credit, told the story about Elton John actually performing at Rush Limbaugh's wedding. Now, that would never happen now with the divisions in our country where people, you know, oh, your politics is different. I'm not going to... I'm not going to perform for your wedding. And apparently, Elton John performed for two hours at Rush Limbaugh's wedding down in Palm Beach. Now, you know damn well he probably got a damn good payday from Rush Limbaugh. A lot. But now, he would have said, no, I can't do that. Because you're a Republican conservative. And, you know, that'll offend a lot of people. It's like, you almost say, like, music should be separate, distinctively different. Then the other part of the world that divides us and separates us, as it does uh, today in these partisan times. So I want to thank you, Nancy, for once again carrying on the Sleewood tradition here at WABC. Every, every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, we're here to talk to all of you because we know so many of you are home alone. You can't be with family or friends for whatever reason, so maybe you're the only one who's left. And we reach out to, to them, to the the biggest news talk station in the nation. Yeah, it's been great being here with you today and with everyone else. Happy Thanksgiving. It was great. You had a chance to celebrate with your family. They all called up <laughs> from all over the country. Now I just need them to send dessert and I'm set. They were calling from Delaware, Florida, and Pennsylvania. So everybody have a great Thanksgiving out there. And just know that in 15 minutes I'll be back to my normal self. 45 minutes of a rip and read. There's stories you have no idea what's occurring in this 24-hour news cycle. And you know I'll have the pointed commentary. Happy Thanksgiving, Nancy. Happy Thanksgiving.